When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We have just finished the Manchester Football Social, which is weird because you're listening to this bit before you listen to the podcast. But there is plenty going on <laughs> on tonight's show with Steve. Hello. And with Dave. Yes. And Dave has just brought big breaking news to the <laughs> podcast room. He said he knows what he's having for dinner. We will make that reveal <laughs> after you've listened to the show. Chronological. Chronological. <laughs> it's, it's like Inception. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and you'll get the next one as soon as it's ready. Click subscribe however you find your podcasts. If you like City, we have a City show. If you like United, we have a United show. If you like another team in Manchester, we have our brand new EFL and Below show as well, which concentrates on all the other teams. Just search Manchester Football Social if you want to find any of them and enjoy tonight's show. Manchester Football Social. Hello there, this is the Manchester Football Social. It is your place to talk about your team, whether they're red, blue or any of the colours in between. Loads to get into this evening and I want you to have your say on whatever you like. 0345 7625 is the number to call. If you want to send a text, it's 87711. I'm Jim and in the studio this evening we've got the big old blue that is Steve McInerney. Evening Steve. Hello, hello everyone, hope you're all good. I want to talk about uh, my view that if Liverpool drops points tonight City are going to win the league I really really believe that <laughs> you've jinxed it honestly I believe it I just believe it I think that it's written in the stars if Zabba pops up last minute winner bang top corner wow well we'll get <laughs> that one in a bit and also arguing every single point till he's red in the face tonight we've got our United man Statman Dave evening Dave Evening. I've got something on the mind about Alexis Sanchez. Is he finished at Manchester United? Another very disappointing display against Leicester City. Subbed off. Is it time for United to sort of sit back and get some money for the Chilean attacker? Do you know what? Go. On my sheets of paper tonight, I have written pretty much exactly that. I said, is because all the effect that Ole's having at. Manchester United with Sanchez it just doesn't seem to be working that black cloud seems to be hanging over him get his dogs no on the sideline at the moment <laughs> <laughs> that'll get him going 0345 treble 1 76 25 is the number I want to know the answer to the question who is the Premier League's greatest ever striker tonight as well because Sergio Aguero scored his 10th hat-trick in English top 5 football this weekend it puts him one hat-trick behind Alan Shearer who's going
got 11. But where does it put him on the list of all-time greats in the Premier League? 0345 treble one 7625 is the number to call. 87711 is the text number. Have your say. This is your show and your chance to talk about your team. But first, let's start with Manchester United this week, who played at the weekend, and Dave... What did you make of United's performance at the weekend? A decent win against a hard-fighting Leicester team. Yeah, again, it was a a strange performance in a way. United played with a lot of intensity in the first 10, 15, 20 minutes. And then I felt that they really dropped off and, you know, maybe substitutions were needed in that second half. But the big thing, obviously, is Marcus Rashford, like, Mm. he's becoming... You know, a real, real prospect for for England, for Manchester United. Without Rashford as playing as a centre forward, United look a bit like they haven't got that cutting edge in the final third. And I think again with his goal, it was absolutely brilliant on his hundredth uh, appearance for Man United. Well, that was it because Solskjaer got a lot of stick for taking Rashford out of the starting lineup the week before, and that pace and that counter-attacking. Uh, possibility mm. that the team have had in recent weeks had gone. Now he's back into the team and he gets his 100th Premier League goal, 15th youngest Premier League striker to get to 100 goals or something like that. So it's it just, really is flying. It, the interesting side was he, he you know, the, the move for the goal, he pulls off the shoulder of uh, Harry Maguire in the first sort of 10 minutes. I think that was the third time that he pulled that move where he drifted to the back post and ran in behind. Of course, those two trained together at England. Maybe it's one mm. of those things where he thinks, look, you know, I can get behind you here. Um, and Paul Pog with the pass as well. And that's the interesting side of Paul Pog, but that, you know, he's, he's such a talent. And if you get him flying, you get him playing, he's, he's unbelievable. Now been directly involved in 20 goals in the league and the Champions League this season. So, you know, he's, he's scoring or assisting every 67 minutes. The stats are just a, a joke for Paul Pogba since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer took charge and I think seeing those two players perform so well it's exciting but in that second half I think Leicester in the ascendancy and United maybe should have reacted I thought a bit quicker than they did it does look at the moment like you are kind of treading off thin ice a little bit towards the end of the game because yeah. there's chances for Leicester big chances there. There David was, De Gea save and eventually one of these is going to go in I mean, but don't you have to look at where they've come from you look at from us who aren't United fans you look at United where they are now and how they're playing and you look at where they were what so 12 games ago now and the the last few games of oh, Jose Mourinho's yeah. reign and you go they have come such a long way developed so much in a dozen I, games I think though the little things towards the end just had a little bit of you know rationality and a bit of perspective in terms of there is still a bit of a way to go mm. uh, so I think it's one of those things that tempers expectations realistically um, because Solskjaer I've said this quite a lot on this show that he's going to have uh, his biggest chance when everything calms down if he gets given the job um, and there was little things at the end the nervous endings they could eventually you know take the toll if they're not careful they are playing well and they're obviously better and anyone who knows anything about football can just tell that um, but there is you know it's not perfection at the moment I don't think anyone would expect that but if these wins could easily turn into a couple of draws and maybe eventually a loss you know if they're not a little bit kind of sharper at the end yeah again it's the last two games they've played away from home they've won both of the games 1-0 Spurs obviously David De Gea masterclass Leicester yeah. there was chances we mentioned Vardy yeah, Madison and yeah, the, the list goes on as well so yeah, maybe, maybe. But I think the big thing with, with how we look at United right now is this month is the month. You think in PSG, you think in yeah. Liverpool. This is when you think, right, Ollie is, has got it or Ollie's not yeah. got it. Chelsea as well, a big game in the FA Cup. And that's the interesting side of that. Obviously, Gonzalo Higuain joins Chelsea. Brilliant performance at the weekend. What a goal, that second What one. a goal. But that the first. I, I think, look, you're looking at United pre-Higuain joining, you're thinking fourth. You're in. Yeah. But now with that, there's that extra bit there. You're thinking Son's come back, scored the winner again for Tottenham. It's such a competitive Premier League, not only for the title. We'll probably chat about that a little bit later on. But the top four, arguably, like a bit of a you know a, a league in itself. And I think United at the moment, 
seem to be the ones that are really sort of getting through and grinding out the results. It was it wasn't a pretty game, but the one nil is you know you've got to pat the lads on the back there for the you know the performance in a way. But that's such a seed change as to where we were as well because yeah. we're suddenly talking about fourth place for United being a realistic prospect, whereas Jose Mourinho was saying it was impossible for United to finish fourth not that long ago. <laughs> and you look at Bring Rashford, him back. And, yeah, Rashford <laughs> is the perfect example of the difference at United at the moment, and I think you'll know this. Was it the young boys game where he missed the chance and Jose Mourinho turned round and gestured to the crowd yeah, and was kind of like exasperated with the chances that Rashford were missing? Were yeah, you... I think it was young boys. I think it was either young boys or Valencia. And then you I watched, think it was young boys. You watched Rashford at the weekend yeah. and he did miss a couple of chances, but he looked supremely confident. And that goal, as you say, the spin and mm. the touch and the finish, that was a man Unbelievable. full of confidence. Yeah, and again, like he's shooting. It's it, like football's... In a way, the simple stuff like you shoot more, you're going to score more. Under Mourinho, <laughs> the players looked scared, or we shouldn't say his name. Sorry, Brian. Um, we, you know, they look scared. They look afraid to, to, you know, express themselves. Now Rashford's having, well, I think he had six shots against um, Leicester. The thing that I want to see is more, you know, some of the other players having a go. Because if you look at United, I think they had around, I think it was nine shots in the game. Rashford pretty much took all mm. of those. So there's still work to be done. As you mentioned, Stephen, it's, it's not the finished product. But then yeah. that's quite exciting. Nah, if I was a United fan, I'd be quite happy right now, to be honest. And I probably will be supporting United in a couple of weeks' time. You've got a <laughs> massive game coming up uh, against Liverpool. PSG. But, yeah, yeah. But I honestly think now, um, we can't really lose the City fans in this in terms of if your form gets better, then you go into a very big game potentially doing us a huge mm. favour. So, I mean, I'm kind of relaxed with it all. And I still think the biggest question is going to be is, I think you're only a couple of good results away from having a lot of pressure to appoint Solskjaer. And this is a month kind of thing where, how, how do you say no to him if he wins a lot of games this month? Like, well, how you do you do it? you could appoint Solskjaer or you could appoint Paul Ince, <laughs> who was talking at the weekend and saying, have you not heard the comments from it, Paul yeah. Ince at the weekend? I just, so he I just was don't get he, it. Where has he been sacked from? Macclesfield Black? Like, yeah, like, everywhere. Like, everywhere. He, he, he name check about three or four managers that have all done terrible jobs. <laughs> and it, <laughs> Steve Bruce just been sacked. The point that Paulins was making at the weekend <laughs> was he said the job that Solskjaer has done at Manchester United was an easy one because it was all about Simple. player motivation. A- easy. Can I just um, list this? <laughs> Macclesfield Town sacked. Milton Keynes Dons sacked. Blackburn Rovers sacked. Milton Keynes again sacked. He's just not, not found his levels. He's just not found the right job yet. Does he have a point though? Has the what? I think what he's trying to say is Solskjaer's gone into Manchester United and made it a nicer place to play football and other people could do that. Is, exactly, is that it's, what he's done? Or is it's that so reductionist. It's like saying, how are we going to fix this window? Oh, we're just going to do it. It's easy. Well, it'll fix itself. You don't need to go get some guy that, you know, buy the glass and this and that. But I think the thing with United, look, between you know Solskjaer taking over and now, they've had more possession than City per game. They've averaged mm. more possession. The, the form of Paul Pogba has been a joke. Mm. The form of Rashford has been incredible. Like, you can't say that that is easy. Like, you walk and you do that. Like, Pogba's position has slightly changed. He's playing this really interesting role, central midfield, attacking midfield, scoring, he's assisting. But, you know, Paul Ince doesn't come in after failing the MK Dons twice. <laughs> Macclesfield failing. They can come in and go, Paul, mate, you, you just, just stand there. Yeah, just just play midfield. I think do what you want. That's what you have to be a likable person, essentially. <laughs> and I don't think that's can, the thing he hasn't got. Yes, uh, any former personality um, going into footed there, but I don't care because the guy is he's, he's arrogant. It's one of those things, right? As a player, 
he left Manchester United, fell out with Fergie, went to Inter Milan, then signed for Liverpool. Mm. That's like a West Ham player going to Millwall. That's like a City player coming to United or vice versa. Well, you can't do that. There was also the transfer he made from West Ham to Manchester United where he appeared in a Manchester United shirt before <laughs> he signed <laughs> the contract. It tells you about the guy. He's, he like you're saying, he's not likeable. And how he talks to Alex Scott. On, oh, oh, don't get me started on that. I think what we can agree is that the atmosphere around United and in that squad has lifted, and that has certainly helped mm. the players come together and play better. So why, as you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Dave, <laughs> has it not affected Alexis Sanchez in the same way it's affected the other players? Yeah, it's like a honestly, I, I don't know how you'd solve that at the moment. He looks so shocked. Late to the party, literally. When he was injured, and yeah. everyone was getting really happy, and he came right. in a bit sober still, and everyone's drunk at this point. <laughs> And he's walked in. Weekend. And it's not, he's playing better. I think he is playing better, yeah. but he's throwing his arms around, he's gesturing when mm. his teammates do something wrong, he's blaming the turf when he miscontrols. It's not the that, same way. That's, that, not that's the, same the mad thing, bit. Yeah, that's the, that's the bit. mad bit. He can't even, t- it, like, he can't take a touch. Like, you see Alexis Sanchez at Arsenal when he was flying, when he was in form, like, the guy kills it every time. He's, he's, he's missed, like, re- controlling the football. He didn't have a shot on goal. He didn't create a single chance mm. at the weekend against Leicester. He's playing left wing for Manchester United. Like it, it, he's not that it, old either. He's only no. thirty, which in football right. terms now, like David Silva's thirty-three, Fernandinho thirty-three, Aguero thirty-one. You know, like these, he's still got plenty of time mm. to be a sharp, effective player. So uh, he's quite famously. Um, but do you a, a think bit, he'll do it at United? Do he's a bit of an introvert, famously an introvert in terms of like mm. um, he's not particularly popular. He's quite quiet, and you, we all know how close he is to. Um, his, I don't mean any other way. We, we just know See, he's got to say about his dogs. He'd rather go on a walk with his dogs than chat to people. That's the impression yeah. I get, like in general, of him. Oh, and I think he him. might struggle in the kind of playful, youthful thing that. Uh, yeah. You can't see him on. getting on with Lingard. You can't see him doing silly dances in the dressing room, can't you? They're two different. That's persons. what he needs. That's it, Jim. That's what he needs to do. Him and Lingard need to go and do some moves. Karaoke together. together yeah, say, exactly. Karaoke. Bit of karaoke. Do some, you know, bit of moonwalking together. Get relaxed, <laughs> and then they'll go and score loads of goals. Incidentally, thank you very much to Niall, our producer. Today and if you phone us on 0345 111 you can chat to Niall. He'll put you through to the studio. He's given us Paul Ince's win percentage over the last ten years, <laughs> which is thirty-three percent for Paul Ince, whereas Ole Gunnar Solskjaer currently on fifty-four point one percent. So he'd seriously have to up his game if he's going to get anywhere near what Solskjaer is doing. Great work. Uh, we're talking about Sanchez not really fitting in at United, and there's. Many, many positives to take from City's performance over Arsenal, but the performance of another man who's struggling to fit into the setup would not be one of those positives because Mares again came on at the weekend and looked out of place. And mm. the same way I worry about Sanchez's future at United, I worry about Mares. Yeah, I mean, it was four minutes. I mean, in general, like you can't really judge just one four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there is a, there is definitely a, a thing there with Mares. I think you'd be stupid to deny it. Um, he's obviously not. Uh, fully in favour at the moment. Um, I mean, football can turn in, in a heartbeat. Delph wasn't involved for about a year and a half a city, mm. and all of a sudden he was a key part of the league last season. So I know that he's, a, he's obviously a club record signing, and, and there's a lot of expectation there. Um, but Pep is quite ruthless. If you don't perform, he will have you out the team. And at the moment, the shape is better without him. We've gone back to what we know in terms of Sane and Sterling on the wing. Obviously, Sane wasn't playing at the weekend, but largely mm. we've gone back to our usual shape and our first choice. Um, and he's got a bit of a fight in his hands now to act actually get into this team um, but sometimes people need that and if you can't react to that which I'm, I hope I'm sure he will and I hope he does but if you can't react to that then well it's kind of on him really uh, because he has to prove that he's good enough to get into Manchester yeah. City's team at the moment this player is just playing better than him I would rather 
see uh, Bernardo out wide uh, than Marat Maris at the moment, oh, which says it all. You want your best players <sighs> playing? Yeah, he was, was really good. Bernardo. Bernardo's phenomenal. Really, really see, that's great. Player. He's just his energy, his work rate, his tenacity. Then you mm. s- combine that with his sublime touch. Anyway, he's just a complete footballer, and no one at the moment uh, when he's playing epitomizes what Pet wants from a Manchester City player more than Bernardo. Fernandinho maybe too as well, but Bernardo has that grace as well to his game. And Maris has to look at that and think, well, I need to work just as hard. No one will have a go in for missing chances mm. or whatever, but you can't ignore the passes and you have to work harder and yeah I like Mahrez I mean he's a good player but they're obviously Pep obviously is trying to get through to him somehow do you know what would be crazy what? United need a right winger I know swap <laughs> swap deal <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have Martial uh, there were a lot no, of sorry mate <laughs> there were a lot of great performances in that City team at the weekend and Aguero understandably got the headlines with the hat trick but Sterling was superb. He was very good, yeah. Um, it was one of those games where some bits didn't come off for him, but I think people uh, have overlooked the importance in the second goal from Sterling because of that lovely one too uh, from with Gundogan. But that first time left-footed pass defended through like, like a half a metre gap on a half volley. Phenomenal pass mm. that. And obviously running at the players as well for the third goal. Sterling is I mean, just... Lichtenstein, the is it Lichtenstein, the Arsenal the, the country fullback, but, who's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. like third choice fullback because they've got some He's injury old. problems. So He's you, old. Ha- you have to kind of account for that a little yeah, bit well he does Sterling, that anyway Sterling does that him. most weeks you know so it's not like a rarity that he's going to uh, run at people but uh, Sterling is just a phenomenal footballer uh, his record in terms of goals assist is just phenomenal as well I didn't realise how didn't realise how good it was until I was looking at it last week and mm. it's like 30 goals 28 goals it, like that and it, since it, last season and about 15, 20 assists. It's I phenomenal. was on a spreadsheet, like, just chilling one day, and I was looking at young players, <laughs> as you do, relaxing, like a bit of spreadsheet here. Bit of, some stats I was looking there. at young players, <laughs> and his goal record in his age group was a joke. It, it was he was basically like twenty goals and assists ahead of anyone else. He's just mm. had a bit of a sleeper hit. Really, people don't realise how good yeah. he is at the moment in terms of. Uh, I, I know a few people uh, who chat to often who think he's City's best player, most important mm. player, and I, I don't personally agree. But I can see the argument, and it's hard yeah. to disagree because he just produces a goal or an assist every single game. Mm. Uh, and this result largely kind of fell on how good he was the other day. But I want to talk about the, the actual most important person from that game. Da, 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 da. Bernardinho, oh, well, what a man! Know, this was weird because I, <sighs> I, I looked at the Manchester City lineup when it was announced, and I wrote down what I tried to work out what was going on with Pep's lineup, and I went right. You got two centre backs, one playing at fullback, one fullback, two defensive midfielders, one that's going to play at centre back, four attacking midfielders, and a striker. It's insanity. How does it work? Essentially, he played like um. He played three positions in one game for Nandino. Phenomenal. At the start of the game, Lucky was going to be in, you know, in the part of the back four, but then it, he only really did that when we were defending. And then he was second, stepping into midfield, and then he was playing diagonal passes over to Sterling to set up the second goal. Um, for Nandino, the game intelligence requires to play that kind of role. That is uh, a position that only a select few footballers in the world would have the understanding and the nows and the technical ability and the energy and the physicality to play. For Nandino is just absolutely world-class. Like, there's no question about it. No one else would be trusted by Pep in City Squad to do that role. I seem to remember, and Dave, you can probably tell me whether I'm right or wrong in remembering. <laughs> You're right, Jim. Back Thanks yourself. Me. Good. Uh, I seem to remember Bayern Munich with Pep in charge. Yeah. Philip Lahm playing a, a very similar, similar yeah. role. It's, it's really interesting. It's sort of, it's sort of Steve mentioned it. It's that duality of City played a four-three-three when they didn't have the ball. Fernandinho will drop into centre back. The two, you know, Walker dropped to right back. Laporte to left back. But then when they had the ball, he transitioned to like a three-two. Two 
Three? Mm. Yeah, and essentially. Brilliant. This, this could actually solve some problems we've had, because you think of watching City recently, we always see Walker step into midfield, uh, that he does that a lot, but arguably he's not comfortable enough to do that. So what we've done instead, having walk, instead of Walker of the back four stepping into the central, we'll just have Fernandino do it instead, and Walker can pull central. He's obviously learned a bit that with England playing as a you know, part of a back three. So it, it almost kind of like, it could be something that we see a lot more of, because it just gives a defender into midfield who can actually play midfield. And it also, it actually helps Gundogan, I think, a little bit. Gundogan is so much more comfortable when he sits deep and plays like you know these kind of deep lying kind of quarterback esque passes. Super Bowl reference mm. there, um, <laughs> but yeah, in general, I think it could be something we see a lot more of because um, he's good enough defensively, uh, not in every game, but in general, Fernandinho's very comfortable defensively, mm. and it allows us to have that extra midfielder. Which, as we all know, Guardiola, that's everything. An extra midfielder is important to him. You the, the on, sorry, go the on. only issue with it, I think, is if someone either played a target man against him. Or they hit the channels. Yeah, I agree. That was really disappointing from Arsenal. They played Bemiang and Lacazette basically played as front two. They didn't try and pin them back. Mm. And it's one of these things where I'm like, why are you not doing this? Like City were, you know, the, the weakness would have been in that transition from that back, the, the back three to the back four, and they just didn't do it. And it was almost frustrating. If I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be really frustrated about that because it wasn't anything, any lift. They made subs, nothing happened. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad they didn't, if I'm being honest. <laughs> so, the second half, I thought, um, we, we kind of didn't really give them the chance to do anything. But yeah. look at their bench. They had Ramsey, Ozil, Dennis Suarez on there. You thought, mm. like, um, I was sat watching the game with an Arsenal fan and it, it, tearing his hair out the ball after He was so frustrated <laughs> about the lack of energy. But then, that's a very Arsenal thing to do. They they just never beat anyone away from home who's in the top six. And they're just genuinely... They're a good team to play if you're a City and you want to win, you know, like, to put pressure on someone. Because Arsenal... Largely a bunch of pansies, to be honest. <laughs> Amazingly, we've not talked about Sergio Aguero and his hat-trick yet. We are saving that. We're going to talk about that in a moment, and we're also going to talk about the best Premier League strikers the Premier League has seen and how Aguero fits into that after he scored another hat-trick at the weekend, taking him up to 10. The record is 11. That's currently held by Alan Shearer. Before we get into that... And before we get into the break, I've got a question for you boys to think about to see uh -oh. if you can get this over the week. So we're talking about the best ever Premier League strikers, the amount of hat-tricks they've scored. Do you know who scored the first ever Premier League hat-trick? So that would be 92, I presume, wouldn't it? Yeah, 1992. I'm going to let you think about that one. If you know who scored the first ever Premier League hat-trick, 87711 on the text. I'll give you a clue. He did play for one of the Manchester clubs, but he didn't score the hat-trick whilst he was playing for one of the Manchester clubs. There's your clue. 87711 is the text. We'll tell you the answer next on the Manchester Football Social. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. This is the Manchester Football Social. I'm Jim. Steve's over there. Hello. Dave's over there. Yo. And you're over there on the phones. 0345 one seventy six twenty five. Get involved. Have your say about your team tonight. I asked you a question into the break. We're going to talk about Sergio Aguero's hat-trick in a minute. We're going to talk about where he ranks on the all-time quality of Premier League strikers. But I wanted to know who scored the very first Premier League hat-trick. And the boys have been just firing names of 90s footballers <laughs> at me for the last three minutes. Have you both settled on a final answer? I've got two answers. Yeah, I've got two answers okay, as well. Right. Mine's... I, I'll, I could select one. No, no, you can have two. That's all right. Steve, you can go first. Dion Dublin and Mark Hughes. Dion Dublin and Mark Hughes are both incorrect. Oh, Dave? so I had Dion Dublin and Les Ferdinand. Dion Dublin and Les Ferdinand are both incorrect. Oh! Producer Niles is Andy Cole, which is incorrect. Connor in Belfast says it's Eric the King Cantona, 
which is 100% correct. Wow. Oh, Knowledge. Bottled that. it. Leeds versus Spurs. But it was at Leeds, Spurs, wasn't it? Yeah. Leeds versus Spurs, 25th of August, 1992, in a 5-0 victory for Leeds. It's fair. Were you alive then, Dave? No, uh, I was two years old. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you so don't remember plastic. It. Yeah, pl- absolutely plastic. <laughs> Not turning up to Old Trafford at two years. It's graceful. Right, I want to know who is the best Premier League striker of all time. Sergio Aguero scored his hat-trick at the weekend. That's 10 hat-tricks for him. 11 is the record by Alan Shearer who also, of course, holds the record for the most goals scored in the Premier League. Sergio's a fair well off in those stakes, but at the same time, he's got a fair bit of time left in England, you'd think, if he's going to see out his contract at Manchester City. So who do you think is the greatest Premier League striker of all time? 0345 treble one seventy six twenty five. Well, let's Steve get all frothing mouthed <laughs> and excited and dewy-eyed about Aguero in a bit, but first we're going to go to the phones. Got Steve on the line. Evening, Steve. Evening, how are you? Very good, my friend. So who are you having? Who's your top Premier League striker? Well, this is a really tough one because I'm a big City fan, so um, <laughs> obviously I'm going gooey-eyed at Sergio as well. But um, <laughs> um, I think if you look at the stats here, obviously with the most goals, Sergio's got the most goals per minute ratio in, in history of the Premier League. But for a player that I've seen live, I think Thierry Henry um, would just about shade it for me. I think those of us are old enough to remember him at Main Road absolutely destroying us. I think Carlo Nash was on the end of uh, <laughs> it was four or five nil at half time. Yeah, the thought, I think yeah. as, a, I think as a, a as an individual, and I also think he's got a, a great all round game as well. He could beat you on his own. Um, well, I think Sergio's on the end of a lot of great team play, so. Pains me to say it, I think Sergio's um, going to go down in history for obvious reasons, but I think Henri slightly ahead of him. Can Sergio catch him up, though? So he's about 20 goals behind Henri in terms of all-time goals scored, and he's probably not that dissimilar a player, would you say, between the two of them? They've both got that sort of touch of magic. They can turn it on on the day, so can he catch him in that stakes, or was it just it was, was Henri just someone who had a little bit of magic? I think Omri's got a, a, just a little bit of more magic. I think in terms of catching him, I think the realistic target target for Aguero would be to go past Rooney's target of uh, <laughs> a record of 183 goals for one Premier League club. I think that would be a realistic target. I think he's about 26 off that, 27, something like that. Um, and we don't know. He's got a couple of years left with us. He, he does tend to get the odd injury. He gets rested from time to time. So I think that would be a good target for him to have the record as the uh, most goals for one club in the Premier League and of course the best or the most important goal in the Premier League history as well I think uh, if he leaves that as a legacy that would be pretty good won't it Stephen thank you very much for coming on really cheers, appreciate mate. it cheers for your time mate ok cheers if you want to get involved 0345 is the number to call so we've got one vote for Terry Henry who are you going for Steve are you going to go for Aguero on this one um, I should do but I'm actually going to go for Shearer uh, I think Shearer was I grew up watching Shearer and I think he was phenomenal his goal record is far out in front of everyone else um, but I don't think there's any shame in saying uh, 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 Shearer had you know like he's, he's proved himself as the best striker in Premier League over mm. the course of time um, for me though it's a tie then you can't really separate the likes of Henri and Aguero really I think they're both phenomenal players in a very different way and to be honest um, he, Aguero should end up with a little bit of luck at least third of the biggest you know the most goals ever in the Premier League he's 30 behind Andy Cole uh, he's 51 behind Wayne Rooney, which seems to me a little bit of a reach given his age at the moment. Yep. You might get there, you never know. You could have a phenomenal season next year and bag 30 and the Well, 15, he, needs fi- he needs 50 goals to catch Rooney, Rooney right? Yeah. 
So he's got two and a half years left on his contract. He tends to score 20 a season. You wouldn't say, you'd say 20 yeah, a season. Yeah, he's just, yes, 50 goals. Uh, yeah, he could do it. He might start to be phased out a little bit, though, as he gets older. You never know his injuries going. But, look, to be honest, I think there's an elite level of strikers. Uh, to me, I think uh, Shearer, Henri, Aguero, rightfully sit at the top mm. three. I think, uh, but he's, as I said as well, he's the fastest strike rate of any good Premier League striker over 50 goals, uh, which says it all. And the fact that he also has that many goals and the fact he does miss two or three months a season, usually, it's phenomenal. I wish we'd had him fit constantly because he'd be a, he should be a 40-goal-a-season person you know, yeah. in terms of his quality well, The trick is, it's just to play him for the first minute, let him get the one goal, <laughs> yeah. bring him off to keep him safe after that so he doesn't get injured. And it's not just his goals as well the other day. His overall performance was phenomenal. Like The, the, the link-up play, the work rate, mm. the desire, that was like it was against Liverpool when he was running from the front, closing people down, playing lovely little one-twos, looking up. Aguero, um, I do actually agree with some people who think that Pep's getting a little bit more out of him than most people would in terms of he's making him work hard and because he's got Gabriel Jesus behind him at the moment he's in form he's actually got someone chasing him for yeah. the first time in a very long time and that considering the rumours were he was out the door when Pep came in it's a pretty impressive turnaround isn't it yeah well quality shines for eventually and yeah. Aguero oh, I love him I love him 0345 your all time Premier League striker Rob's on the phone evening Rob good evening how are you very good my friend what are we saying who's yours uh, well, I'm, I'm United through and through, but I'm, I'm going to go with Alan Shearer. Um, I think you've got to bear in mind that although he's got 260 Premier League goals, he was 22, 23 when the Premier League started. So, you know, he's obviously got goals from the old first division to add into that, which, when you add it all up, makes his goal record even more impressive. But the thing is, it's the range of goals that Shearer used to score. I mean, I can remember him scoring on the volley, 30 yards, bullet headers, tap-ins, everything. And of course, he had um, he had a really bad cruciate knee ligament injury as well, which robbed him of a lot of pace. People forget in his earlier years he was lightning quick, absolutely yeah, yeah, lightning was quick. And um, as well, for me, the thing that clinches it is he didn't play in anything like as good a team as some of the other guys you mentioned. You know, Aguero's only ever played in a very, very good Man City team. And um, Thierry Henry played in a very good Arsenal team. But Shearer, you know, he started at Southampton. OK, the Blackburn team that he played in was pretty good, but it wasn't a patch on some of the other teams mentioned. And then, of course, he spent half of his career at Newcastle, where for the vast majority of time... Uh, with the exception of the first two seasons he was there, they weren't that competitive. I think when you add all that in, you've got to give him the edge. It's funny, isn't it, this discussion? Because it's one of the few footballing discussions that transcends your club loyalties. It doesn't matter. <laughs> when, when you support a team, you blinkeredly go for your own players. In any kind of discussion, best centre-back pairing is going to be the pair that you have at your club, or at least one of them at the moment. But when you talk about strikers, there's something very magical about them. And that, that just means you, you can, you're allowed to respect the opposition's talented goal scorers, aren't you? Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. If, if Shearer had come to United, uh, God, who knows how many more goals he would have got. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it never happened. So it's ancient history. But, yeah, it, it just unbelievable. You know, unbelievable range of goals. And um, maybe not as technically gifted as somebody like Ari, uh, Henri or Aguero, but just an unbelievable ability to score goals consistently. Even, even when he was past 30 in some pretty mediocre Newcastle team, he was still hitting 20-plus goals a season, you know, and, and that, to me, is the mark of just an unbelievable goal scorer. Unbelievable. Hard to come uh, close to that. Rob, cheers for your call, mate. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Bye-bye. 
our friend um, Brian on uh, Twitter was saying you can't ignore Robbie Fowler as much as it pains him to say United fan Brian saying Robbie Fowler should be up there and do you know what Robbie Fowler in terms of a pure finisher he was unreal like in terms of that the most instinctive finisher uh, but then in terms of longevity overall game was he mm. on that level Dave who are you saying you haven't had your say on yeah this one I've yet. been thinking long and hard one first up I'd say Wayne Rooney ahead of Sergio Aguero in the list I think Wayne Rooney had a better all round game I think you look at the assists, he's top three in the assists, he's second with goals, a more complete player and, and you know the competitiveness of Manchester United through the you know the two thousands, that's kind of Wayne Rooney. And I think that his his impact on United's been bigger than what Aguero's impact has been on Manchester City in terms of taking out of you know, taking the Champions League and taking the creme de la creme of European football, mm. Rooney ahead. But uh, you know, Shearer, a fantastic goal scorer. The big criticism that I'd have of Shearer is the fact that he didn't join a big club and think that he didn't test himself at that top level. I, I know that the Prem is, is, you know, really, really high level, and, I, I you know, 260 goals in the Premier League is incredible. But it's, that is the only thing. Barb, the Blackburn team, mm. you know, it, it would have been great to see him at United just to see what he could have done. I remember seeing when the United rumours were going round that he was going to join United, and that was when he joined Newcastle, wasn't it? I remember seeing someone in my hometown going back with a... Manchester United shirt on fresh one for the new season with Shearer 9 written on the back of their Manchester United That was shirt. his fault superstition <laughs> <laughs> He did it it was his fault it's interesting you mentioned Rooney because yeah. he's undoubtedly scored so many Premier League goals he's well up there in the assists as well which shows yeah. his all round game so why isn't he highly regarded as well, others because we were having this conversation on social media no one said Wayne Rooney is it because he still feels like he didn't reach what he could have reached he didn't quite fulfil the potential that was there as great as he was in my opinion it's because he didn't play that far forward as much as some of those did he did play 170 games more than Aguero and scored only 50 goals more so you say he got a lot more assists but he obviously played a lot deeper for a lot of his career and um, he was at one point essentially a midfielder for United as oh, well it was back at the end though wasn't it yeah but he did play a lot where he was put, even pushed out wide sometimes and I think he's, he's looking at clinical strikers, who people who scored like you know twenty plus goals a season. Rooney only scored over twenty twice in his whole career, and he played like fifteen, sixteen Premier League seasons. But so it, again, I think it shows that, that it wasn't just his goal scoring that was that good. Oh yeah, no, I agree. But in terms of a pure striker, if you want a number nine for a game, I mean, to me, there's several above there that would be above. Rooney's phenomenal. Like I, I'm a City fan who can admit that, but I do apart from maybe a couple of seasons, like I think around two thousand. 11, 12 and, and uh, 9, 10 it was good yeah but I think in general um, I think it's because he contributed more at other parts of the pitch and maybe people don't take him as seriously as a striker yeah. mm. which I, I think that's a big thing yeah Yeah, but as a result maybe it did diminish his goal return and his goal threat so but I, different ways looking at it you know I've not even uh, put weighed in yet I completely agree with the first call it's Thierry Henry Thierry Henry, what could, Thierry Henry did that. was was incredible. Magic player. I was yeah. at um, the game when he tore City apart in that you know four 0 after twenty minutes mm. thing. And, oh, phenomenal, Richard Dunn, bless him. <laughs> he had nightmare that day. Right, we'll do one more call on this very quickly, then we'll move on to the game tonight. We don't normally talk about Liverpool games, but it's such an important one in the title race: Liverpool versus West Ham. We'll have a chat about that and the loving that seems to be happening between Man City and West Ham fans at the moment. If you want your say on that, give us a call now. We'll get you queued up. Oh three four five. Triple one seventy six twenty five. But first, we'll talk to Grant. Evening, Grant. How you doing, mate? Right? Very well, my friend. So, what you're saying? Who's your top Premier League striker? For me, it is Thierry Henry, um, a guy who probably, in terms of the Premier League era, the first 
world elite player mm. from um, a, a foreign country. A man who transcended the game for me. I think he was an era from like 2001 to about 2006 where he wasn't just the best in the league, he's probably the best in the world. Yeah. You look at the players now like Rashford, uh, Martial, who have managed to go from wingers to strikers. That all uh, comes from Thierry Henry. He was the mm. first man to do that under Wenger. He's the reason why the game has changed so much. I think he got like 26 goals for five on the run, five seasons on the run. And you, someone said earlier, um, Alan Shearer had 16 years in the Prem. If Aguero had a similar amount, he would have broke the record. But could you imagine if Henri had another six, seven years with him? Yeah, I completely agree. I think Henri as well, the only player ever to get over 20 goals and 20 assists in a single Premier League season. It's just player. Yeah. It's it's so it's so big. Back when the city were pretty naff back in those days, <laughs> like I, I used to watch a lot more football just to be entertained usually because I didn't get that much at the weekend. Um, and I used to watch Arsenal a lot and like just to enjoy their football in the way that I used to watch Barcelona, just to enjoy Messi. Um, and Henri was that kind of play that you tuned in just to watch. He was pure box office. Where would you compare him to the likes of? Messi and Ronaldo. If it was in his pomp. Those two are another now. level, in my opinion. Yeah, he, he was. He was one of those players that that hit the Ballon d'Or list, and you know. Carried Arsenal to a final. I would love to have seen Henri uh, um, Barcelona three years earlier because that would have been special. You know, um, yeah. he went towards the tail end of his career a little bit. But if he mm. linked up with Messi, at his, you know, a couple of years younger, that would have been really interesting to see. If you, oh, he was like a twenty goal a season man at Barcelona, he could have been a forty goal a season man if you'd gone about his prime. But mm. yeah, Henri phenomenal. But I guess it's very hard to compare across the leagues. But you know. Let me throw this at you, Grant. It's a bit of a curveball, so I hope you can answer it. But if you're going on at Premier League strikers of all time, would you say Aguero is the best Premier League striker in the league right now? Oh, yeah, 100%. With Harry Kane out injured especially. Mm. But Harry Kane, on his day, I don't think there's a better number nine in the world. But Sergio Aguero, probably... It's someone said earlier, if he got injured, how many goals he could get 40 a season? Probably. 100% he could get that many a season. He's the messy of the Premier League in terms of the way he plays. He's low centre of gravity, agility, both feet as well. He could score with his head, left foot, right foot. He scores penalties. He's the full package. He's the quintessential modern player, in a way. Um, he fits so perfectly into Guardiola's system as well, just like Messi did. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say Aguero 100% is the best in the league on his own. And that's what me and fun. Grant, cheers for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. No Thank worries, you. Mate. 0345 if you want to get involved not about best Premier League strikers no one mentioned Charlie Austin I'm disappointed with that or Rude Van oh, Rude Van Nistelrooy goal <laughs> scorer I, I, I was being slightly the uh, not serious with Charlie Austin <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that well, you won't but, be, oh, what, really? Rude Van Nistelrooy is a definitely great show. a lot of people said Suarez earlier when I was talking on social media no, well. no. did play long enough in the Sorry. league he played very long no. but disciplinary problems he was here. Yeah. Can't, can't consider him in that in nah. that sort of bracket unfortunately phenomenal player but he would have to have another four seasons to prove it at that length he was only here for three years you know so it's quite a small time but on the topic of Suarez, we are going to talk about Liverpool tonight because the Premier League chase is definitely on. The pressure is on Liverpool tonight. I've spoken to a few Liverpool fans today who are feeling a little bit twitchy about Come tonight's on. game versus West Ham. Can West Ham do Manchester City a favour? Manuel Pellegrini certainly seems to want them to. And we'll talk about it next on the Manchester Football Social. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. 
Hello there, welcome back to the Manchester Football Social. We've got about 10 minutes left, but plenty to talk about still. I'm Stephen, I'm here with Statman Dave, and also Jim gets his moment in the spotlight. Jim, <laughs> you're a West Ham fan. Are you going to do the, the blue half of Manchester a massive favour and uh, put Klopp on his, on his derriere tonight? I know he said something else then. Um, can... West Ham do us a big favour, Jim. I try and keep my West Ham colours hidden at the best of times, <laughs> but do you know what? Tonight I feel like United and City are right behind me and beating Liverpool. And I hate to break it to you, I don't think it's going to happen. No! I think a lot of Liverpool fans are confident or aren't confident that they'll do one tonight at the London Stadium, but I just don't think West Ham are in good enough form to beat Liverpool. And I know Liverpool aren't in the best form at the moment, but there's too much going on off the field. Do you think the, the City connection will make a difference? You know, the Pellegrini, Nasri, Zabaleta well, factor? that's a suggestion, isn't it? And as you say, Pellegrini, and you've got Nasri, and you've got Zabaleta, and they're all going to want desperately to do the job on Liverpool, but is that going to make much difference? Does a, does a player wanting... They all want to Liverpool beat the opposition, don't they? Mm. Weren't great the other night, though, were they? Nope. Dropping points, and there is an argument to say... Um, I said after the Newcastle game that when City lost, I think Liverpool dropped points because City lost, and I mm. believe, honestly, that they were overthinking it, and the, the pressure of having this chance to pull away was a little bit too much for them. They were very flat that night, really flat. Um, and to be honest, they'll look, at, they'll look at the table now and see two points behind City, knowing that if they don't get some points tonight... I'll be on goal difference. City could be ahead come Wednesday evening after Everton, you know. Uh, with a game in hand, yes, but it's it's so close after looking like it could be over, mm. you know, so quickly. There is a problem in the West Ham dressing room right now, which I think might affect there the always? outcome. There is always. It's <laughs> one thing after the other, but Anatovic and the little outburst he had, wanting to go to China and then saying he's staying at the club and renegotiating his contract and all this kind of thing. And Zabaleta came out and said it's caused a problem in the dressing room. And when you've got a player coming out and saying there is a problem, Jeez. there is a problem. <laughs> How much is a West Ham fan? Uh, do you like Pablo Zabaleta? Have the fans taken oh, to as much as City he's fans a, He's have. an awesome player. And the thing is, when he plays, he gives everything. And yeah. he looks about 45 <laughs> as well. He has since, since he signed for City, yeah, to be he's honest. He's, what, 32. But he's, he's up and down that right side so much throughout a game. He's actually in decent form, isn't he, apparently? Yeah, yeah he's, very, he's very good. And Nasri's looking good. So the City contingent is working well for West Ham. I hope we get a win. But I think you're right when you look talk about Liverpool and the pressure being on Liverpool. Because I think they have looked... Start of the season, they had a few scrappy wins. Then they hit that rich vein of form where they were scoring yeah. three or four every game. And they seem to have gone back to that slightly nervy, scrappy performances again mm. and you can see them slipping up can't you against maybe not West Ham tonight but certainly between now and the end of the season they've obviously you know they thumped West Ham first game is the only thing but the form is a little bit off and I think the interesting side with West Ham is they, they do turn up they'll turn up every three weeks and then they'll just well, put they a really really good performance yeah. <laughs> but as in like, the actual the actual performance levels will be good enough yeah. but it, yeah it'll be, it's going to be a really interesting game considering you know, you're thinking about someone like a navigator that you expected to make a massive impact to Liverpool. It's not mm. quite there. But in fact, the first game of the season, he was man of the match playing against West Ham. So this is the time where he might, you know, turn the tables around. You've got the other side there that Liverpool have got the Champions League. That is the other thing. What does Klopp do when the Champions League starts to get super competitive? Because last season, he just rests his players. Yeah. And they play the Champions League. And of yeah. course, they got to the Champions League final and lost. But what decision does he make? Does he go league? Or does he go Champions League? Because that is very much going to be a problem. Especially when it's against a team with the stature of Bayern. You can't mm. just like rest players against Bayern, can you? Really? I, I, again, Bayern, I watched them at the weekend against Leverkusen. Leverkusen beat 3 1. They were poor. Yeah. Um, and they were exposed to what Liverpool do pacing behind, pressing from the front. 
quick counter-attacks. So it's one of those things where it's almost advantage Liverpool right now. Against they this they have to go to both. They have to go after every competition because neither is a certain... It's not... If they were mm. six points clear in the you've Premier League... You've got a pick. League, I think you've got a pick. But can you? Because there's I, no I, guarantee of winning It's either. too competitive. You, it, like, if I were Jurgen Klopp, I'd be picking the Premier League over the Champions League this season because they've got a good chance to do that. Mm. But if you don't pick and you try and... You know, win both of the competitions. It's so difficult. The, the the flip side of that is if you do pick, what you're doing is putting your own eggs, eggs in one basket, it's and then the saying, pressure yeah. becomes so much to focus on it that you think. If, imagine you choose consciously to focus on the Premier League, and then you draw a game. All of a sudden, you think, "Oh my God, what, 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 what have we got it wrong? What if we're just think, giving up a competition for this?" And I think, in general, it's that whole cliche of taking one game at a time, trying to win every game. Sometimes it's sensible, isn't that? Because you don't overcomplicate the situation. And I think there's an element of doing that if you. You'll think about it too much. Yeah. Just keep winning. Just keep winning games. Just keep trying to do your best each game. But they do have a thinner happens. squad than say the oh, yeah. City. That, that's, 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 not, that is the problem. It's you not think that thin, I would say. And, and Joe, they are Go- out of two Joe Gomez, it's been revealed today, needs an operation, so he's out, out. for the foreseeable as well. So that's Trent Alexander Arnold's got an injury at the moment. Yeah, no domestic cups though. City are in the both still. So I think you make a great point about pressure though, because we know that Klopp has this hideous record in terms of getting <laughs> finals and blocking. Yeah, it's a bit different though because he won the league with Dortmund, right? Like, yeah. he had the pressure there. Yeah. So he's done it with the league season. I understand the final thing. But, hence why, but I still think that would play on your mind, wouldn't it? And at Liverpool, have they got, I mean, the, the, the I, that they, kind of, that, that experience. They're emotional, aren't Liverpool as a club? And I think they do crack general, up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think in general, their biggest strength is their biggest weakness. They're an emotional club. They play off their energy from the fans, from the passion. And you think they used to have Gerrard as their leader, who was very much heart and sleep, but maybe sometimes lacked a bit mm. of, you know, composure. But but at the same time, it's almost like they substituted that passion for Klopp. He's become that kind of like caricature now who's passionate and tug pumping yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And they need someone, the fans need someone like that to identify to. Um, and it can be great, but it can also be the kind of thing though, uh, where they overthink things and they get too emotional. And it can be, it, it can be a, it can be a definitely a nervy thing. Very quickly, because we're running out of time slightly, but are we all ignoring Spurs slightly <laughs> yes, we should be because I was at the weekend I heard the result come in Spurs in the early kickoff, and they went they've leapfrogged City into second place I was like what where have they come from <laughs> Sneaky. How have they got into second place and they've just been disregarded from the start is there is it a three horse race now or is it definitely City or Liverpool um, well, I mean, they're back down to third now, but I think it's just because it's Spurs and Spurs are Spurs and Spurs do Spursy <laughs> things. The best thing about the record in this season is, is they literally either win or lose. They've not drawn a game all season. Mm. How crazy is that to say out loud in the 25th yeah. game of the season? So that is like very Spurs in a nutshell in terms of they either turn up or they don't. Um, they've already lost six games as well this season. And, and statistically speaking, you don't tend to win, win the league if you lose that many games. Doesn't it feel like the pressure's off them though? And oh, that's yeah. where they're going to shine. But it always because... is. And it, it's always the same thing. They're very good team obviously a very good coach and a bunch of good players but for me it feels like um it's just a bit of a it's too much of a big ask they were they were very poor at the weekend they were awful against newcastle it was a it was a very relatively lucky goal deflect well not deflected um son goal but he hit it and the keeper should have saved it you know the last three games they've won by a single goal they've not been playing well if you ask me this question and Deli ali and harry came with it yeah they can compete for the league title they can win the premier league but because they've not got those two players it's gone Thank you very much, Dave. Thank you very much, Steve. Sorry, that is it fans. for the Manchester Football Social <laughs> for this evening. We'll be back tomorrow with the Manchester City Football Social. They'll no doubt be reacting to tonight's game and whether City can close or whether Liverpool can't extend the gap rather over West Ham tonight. You can get the podcast, search Manchester City Football Social. To find that, you can get this as a show as a podcast, search Manchester Football Social wherever you find your podcasts. And we'll see you tomorrow at six o'clock on Excess Manchester.
Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for subscribing. If you have, if you haven't, make sure you subscribe. The big news we've all been waiting for for the last <laughs> hour, though, is what Dave is I having we need for a drum his roll. tea. Wait, wait. Well, it was a, it was a difficult decision. Um, I'd like to thank my mum, my dad, um, and the rest of my family for getting to this point, but I'm going to make homemade burgers. Homemade, homemade burgers. burgers? Wow. Are you actually making the, the, everything from scratch? Yeah, you, I think so. You know oh, you nice. can get them from, like, Burger King. <laughs> Already I made. Yeah, That's like right cheating, Jim. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. Uh, right, we're going to talk very quickly about the N- Nemanja Vizic. Nemanja <laughs> Someone else say it for me. Nemanja Vidic. <laughs> that was a <laughs> bit of fighting knee with that, wasn't it then? Yeah. The uh, tackle at the weekend that saw Manchester Matic. United... Matic. Did you say Matic or Vidic? I said Vidic, but I meant Matic. <laughs> <laughs> Good job this didn't make it into the show. Uh, yeah, Matic's tackle at the weekend, which you're defending, Dave. Now, I've actually not seen this, so I can't really comment, but you're saying it wasn't a red card. I think it was a second yellow. It was. If, a... the, if the referee said I don't think it was a red card. I don't think it was intentional. Straight on the thigh, enough. wasn't it? Straight on the thigh, I don't think it's... It's dangerous, but it's not head dangerous. Mm. I think it's a it's a mistime challenge, and I think a booking would have been fair. And you know, for Matic to be sent off, you know, you wouldn't be arguing that. But I don't think it was a red card, from uh, my opinion. It was very Roy Keane on Alfinger Harland, from what I've seen. <laughs> well, um, that's a red card then. Uh, so I've I mean I've seen it like twice on someone's phone a few minutes ago, um, <laughs> and it did look pretty nasty. The big discussion here is a bigger discussion that we seem to have all the time. It's in about the standard of refereeing in the league and whether it is good enough and the introduction of VAR <laughs> is probably going to help this but then at the same time Sergio Aguero would have never got his hat-trick if VAR had been no, that didn't him. the weekend that's but been proven not to him this is, it, what do no, you mean? He, no there's a Norwegian replay <laughs> a Norwegian, Norwegian replay where it shows, third angle. <laughs> it shows behind where it doesn't touch his arm it goes off the under, underside of his arm oh, generally shown it and also technically they aren't the rules the rules are it's <laughs> intentional if it did hit it has to be intentional and it obviously wasn't intentional is it? Is that the actual rule? yes I thought that's literally hand, the rule I thought if it hit your hand then it, it wasn't an it's, advantage it's supposed to be not in, it's supposed to be in a natural position so if it's in an unnatural position Position, the ball hits you. When you were sliding so down, if you got your hand fair, up, like, yeah. you got your hand down. Yeah, by your side, it's usually okay. Because you think that, like, if the ball had hit him in the ribs, it could have still. I'm just um, yeah. gone in. I'm just showing. You can't see okay. in the studio, but I'm just showing uh, Jim right now. Like, I can where see a it comes replay off. of see, it. See, the I ball doesn't deviate. It hits his arm. Doesn't hit his arm. Doesn't hit his arm. Jim, I agree with you. No hat trick. It's a goal. What a player. <laughs> right, okay. Well, we've decided that. So Sergio Aguero can and can not have the goal. <laughs> Do you know what? He was my triple captain in fantasy football this week. So oh, he's wow. having that goal. That? He hit 52. Oh, that's that dip. Well played. Well and played. And he's got Everton's play midweek. Right, that's it from the Manchester Football Social. Like I say, make sure you subscribe. And you get all this extra gold of me mispronouncing oh, wow, yeah. players' names and talking about replays you can't see. It's well <laughs> worth it. Click subscribe now, however you get your podcasts, and we will see you soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.